this pandemic began, we were not sure how it spread. Everyone began wearing masks and using hand sanitizers. Great ways to slow the spread, but a lot of people still get sick. I can personally attest to that. We now know that COVID-19 spreads via aerosols and droplets from the nose and mouth. And I've been thinking about this for a while. Why aren't we also sanitizing the nose and mouth, killing the virus directly at the place where it spreads? Why weren't more doctors thinking about this? Well, some doctors have done the research, which I discovered it sooner. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Halodyne. It's an FDA-registered antiseptic for the nose and mouth that's proven to eliminate 99.99% of the virus that causes COVID-19 in just 15 seconds. That's right. It's created by a team of clinicians with decades of experience in antiviral treatments, initially created to protect healthcare workers. These are smart scientists, and it's a great product that also eliminates many other viruses and infecting particles. I'm using both their nasal antiseptic swab and their oral spray to help protect those around me, and you should be too for others and for yourself. Whether you're hopping on a three-hour flight, always use it there, visiting grandparents or attending a meeting that you can't miss, Halodyne's family of oral and nasal antiseptics give you the safe, easy, on-the-go antiviral protection for up to four hours. I encourage you to try Halodyne at halodyne.com today. My listeners get 10% off with the discount code Dr. Drew. That is H-A-L-O-D-I-N-E.com, discount code D-R-D-R-E-W. So obvious, it just makes sense. Stop the virus before it spreads and gets in your body with halodyne. Well, I too have struggled with GI issues over the years. I have something called Lynch syndrome. So gut health is extremely important to me. And while gut health awareness has increased, it's led to a wellness trend that's inspired a host of questionable marketing and some false claims. Now you've seen the word probiotic attached to all kinds of supplements, drinks, even more. They may claim to deliver the healthy microorganisms our gut needs for proper function, but all too often the promises are in fact too good to be true. Thankfully, I became aware of a company called Seed and their flagship product, the Daily Symbiotic. Seed's Daily Symbiotic offers 24 clinically researched strains of microorganisms in a single dose. These strains support gut health and can improve regularity and relieve bloating, sometimes within as little as 24 to 48 hours. To me, what really sets Seed's Daily Symbiotic apart is the delivery system. While some products may offer the right strains, they're fragile, they rarely survive the trip through the gut, doesn't get where it needs to go, but Seed uses a capsule-in-capsule design that helps ensure the probiotic reaches your colon, which is where they often are needed. I have been taking Seed's Daily Symbiotic, and I really encourage you to check out their story and the science behind what they do. Try it for yourself. Just go to seed.com slash Dr. Drew. Use code Dr. Drew 20 for 15% off your first month of daily symbiotic. That is S-E-E-D.com slash Dr. Drew. Use code Dr. Drew 20. Hey, everybody. Welcome. We'll be taking calls in a few minutes at 984-237-3739. We have a couple of great guests today. I'm watching you all on the restream as well. Uh, first up, we'll have Michaela Peterson, and then we'll be followed by Alex Michelson. Alex, of course, is my partner on the Fox 11 News broadcast we do every day. But uh, Michaela is someone whom I have admired and been uh, anxious to get on the program. She is a podcaster, lifestyle diet blog, blog, blogger, I beg your pardon. Her podcast is the Michaela Peterson Podcast, right? Provides a platform, shows a wide range of experts. Uh, she also had a series called, she has a series called Opposing Views, she focuses on both sides of a debate, contentious topics. Back, her own background is overcoming autoimmune mood disorder with diet and lifestyle changes only and subsequently becoming a medication and symptom-free, which I'm all about. Uh, she's inspired hundreds of thousands of people across the globe. Michaela is to Michaela's interested in helping with people becoming more resilient and how much they control how much control they actually have over their life. 
and to encourage people to take the responsibility for their own physical and mental health. We today are going to specifically focus in on resiliency. Let's bring Michaela on in here. Our laws as it pertain to substances are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous I'm a, I'm a doctor for <laughs> sake, where the hell you think I learned that? I'm just saying, you go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. If you have trouble, you can't stop and you want to help stop it. I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. There you are. Hey, Michaela, thanks for joining me. Thanks so much for having me on. It's nice to see you. You as well. And up there on the screen, people can also see that you can follow Michaela on uh, Twitter at Michaela Alexis. The Alexis, well, I'm going to spell it all out because they're all spelled a little the, the specific way. M-I-K-H-A-I-L-A-A-L-E-K-S-I-S. No X in there. And uh, I guess we got to start, uh, Michaela, with your own story. You were, you were struggling with uh, a lot of stuff for many years and, and overcame it. Uh, how, how did you learn about what you needed to do to do so? I actually started off by researching the medications I'd been put on and trying to figure out what they acted on in the body and then looking at diseases that affected those parts of my body. So I started in a really complicated way, but just to give the gist of it, I simplified it down to diet, which I had always discounted because I guess my doctors had said diet doesn't really make a difference if you have an autoimmune disorder. I had a juvenile rheumatoid arthritis very severely. I had my hip and ankle replaced. So I simplified it down to, yeah, it was not good. I was 17. That was not a fun year. Um, And I ended up going very, very, very low carb. And that ended up resolving most of my symptoms. Um, I've been, this is somewhat controversial, but I've been on a meat diet the last three and a half years. So that's just meat. It's not fun, but I've been in remission from juvenile rheumatoid arthritis and chronic depression and a sleeping disorder. And I don't have any symptoms. I'm not on any medication. So I've been kind of spreading awareness about what worked for me, even though the science isn't there. Um, yeah. Well, I I gotta tell you, uh, I'm following, I, I coincidentally, uh, am following a similar diet. Uh, I, I, I was doing a health and fitness podcast and my partner goes, you gotta, you gotta do the diet. And I'm like, ah, I'm too old to do a diet. You know, I've done a million diets. I, and he goes, why don't you just try no carbs? And I go, all right, I can do that. And in three days, I, I, I've said this repeatedly. If, if I had told myself how good I felt three days later, I would not have believed myself. I thought this is, this, this isn't, can't be, this is wild. And I too have, uh, I, I've been a little more liberal with the diet, particularly now that I have COVID and stuff. And I have just, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's, as you said, it's no fun. You get palate fatigue. It's hard to maintain. Mm-hmm. And, and if your appetite's screwed up already, like which COVID's done to me and your palate screwed up because of COVID, it, it's been hard, but not impossible. And, and I generally was feeling, you know, usually I would get, I, I get destroyed by viral illnesses. That's why I knew if I got COVID, it would be bad. And normally I get about two or three a year. I haven't gotten one from the moment I started the diet three years ago until COVID. So, but COVID uh, caught me up for lost time. Um, but yeah, I, but, that was, that's similar to me, honestly. Yeah. I, when, I, when I went low carb, I stopped getting bacterial. It was more bacterial, but um, I used to get them 
constantly. I was also on medication, so that didn't help. But uh, yeah, it, I also got COVID. Yeah, <laughs> so, it, well, uh, yeah, that, this the COVID is a, is a strange, weird bug. But 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 I but as across this last couple of years, I've been looking really carefully at, at insulin metabolism for some people. Now, you're what's your heritage? What's your where your where ethnicity? Are you from Eastern Europe? I'm not not Eastern Europe, like Northern Europe. A lot of Irish, Scottish. Norwegian, a little bit of Polish, but mostly Irish and Scottish. I, I have a feeling, my, my sense is that the the sort of the Ukrainian, Belarusian, that, that region, maybe even into the Slavic regions, and Ashkenazi, that those kinds of genetic backgrounds have got whatever this is that is a problem with insulin metabolism, I think. Uh, because I, I've never had better cholesterol readings ever than on this diet. Uh, that's eating meat and eggs all the time. Uh, my yeah. literally my, my LDL, my LDL is pegged cause I take a statin, but my HDL, I've never been able to bring it up. It's up now. My triglycerides, I could never bring it down. They went from 220 to 75 and I feel and sleep better. Just like, just like you describe. It's kind of interesting. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm like you, I'm not saying everyone should get on this diet. I'm saying mm, for some people, insulin may be more of an inflammatory mediator than we know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think people with Irish and Scottish backgrounds, I'm not just saying that because of myself, but I know celiac disease and sensitivity to gluten can be huge with people with that background. Mm -hmm. So it's worth, especially if you have good chronic health symptoms like I did, and you've tried a whole bunch of things, I think cutting down on carbs and seeing how you feel is pretty safe and it's worth a shot. And it's just completely changed my life um, in a way <laughs> that I thought diet couldn't. Were you an athlete in high school too? Do, do I remember that right? Uh, not really. Like, um, when I went on immune suppressants for the arthritis, yeah, I, I took, I did all the sports except for volleyball because of the arthritis in my elbows. Mm. Um, but you know, I had my hip and ankle replaced and that'll pretty much put a kibosh on any type of activity well, you're trying well, to I, do. I asked that because, you know, you're in high school, you're athletic, you're active, and that's all taken away from you. And how does an mm -hmm. adolescent deal with that? I mean, we, we want to focus in on resiliency. But what was your mm -hmm. arc with that? Because I'm imagining at first it was just straight up depressing. Uh, yes. So it was terrifying and it made me angry because it came out of the blue. Uh, I'd been told that I might need, I was 16 at the time. I'd been told I might need a hip replacement when I was 30. And as a 16 year old, a 30 year old seems really old. So I thought it's a long, was a long ways away. And then I was told, oh no, you need a hip replacement this year. Mm. And I was in so much pain that it didn't, there weren't a lot of other emotions involved, mm. but uh, the way I got through it was I actually tapped into anger. Um, so I got depressed and then I thought, you know what, this isn't how I'm going to be taken out. Like I can beat this. And I got angry and that's how I made it through it. And I've talked to a lot of people who've had chronic illnesses or injuries and sometimes in order to get through these depressed periods, when you just get majorly walloped, if you <laughs> tap into the angry part of you, it can help. I, I'm, I'm curious about that because you and I were talking a little bit off here about how frustrating and helpless it feels with social media, with, you know, there's nothing to get, nobody to get angry at. And I, I personally, I actually can't, I have an ethical guidelines as a physician. I can't get angry at people. I'm not, I can't, you know, I can't do that. It's not okay. Uh, is, is there something else in today's world where we're sort of all 
in these positions. And, and, and by the way, the COVID has made us helpless too. So is, is there something we can do yes. when there's no one we can get angry? I, I get angry at the governor of California for making us even more helpless. That's somebody I get angry with, but, but I don't know that even that's sort of out this there is somewhere. A bit, this is a bit of a tricky situation because people are already volatile being locked at home or not seeing their friends or being scared. So probably erring towards anger for COVID is, is not the right thing to do. Okay. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to have any anything more than try to keep in touch with people like try and do something social. I'm lucky enough that I have this podcast and I'm able to, it's kind of it's face to face. So you, at least you're talking to people and yeah. that's what's keeping me sane. Yeah, so yeah. continue doing Zoom calls and talking to people. I, that's, I, I a thousand percent agree with you that human contact and connectedness and rapport and something, there's something that uh, famous psychologist Peter Fonagy calls reflective function, where you're you're sort of we're we're something back and forth between us. But I, nothing replaces in the flesh, though. I think we're I think we're all no. getting kind of tired of this electronic medium uh, of of trans of uh, yes. communication. Yeah, it's been really hard for me. And I, at the beginning, I've been through some hard things. Right, I had chronic health problems. Uh, my parents have been sick. Uh, I was I was separated, although. I've resolved that, but I've been through some things and this has been going on for long enough that I haven't met very many people who are like, you know what, I'm still doing okay. So it's tough. Um, and I don't know about where you are, but I know here we're not supposed to be seeing family or anything. Right. So it's, it's getting, it's getting tough. And <coughs> I, I yeah, hope you and your, it's are, tricky. You, you and Andre are good now. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Andre and I are good. Thank you know, goodness. I can't um, imagine what it would be like to be alone right now um i i can't be the first person to say this but i want to joke with you about the fact that (laughs) when i first met you guys i thought wait a minute oh my god how bizarre you two you you two really remind me and your names even of a, a couple on 90 day fiance. I can't be the first person to have said this. Uh, they're, 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 they're oh people my, are laughing back you're here. Not. <laughs> Am I the first you're person? You're not. <laughs> okay. Cause I was no, like, you're not. He, and, and his prettier. name is Andre and he's from, is he from Moldova? <laughs> no, I don't think he is, but, but, <laughs> but I was like, wow, that's really uncanny. And he, he sounds like, he literally sounds like the guy on the, on the television series. You don't so much, but he does. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's pretty funny. I know I've been compared to there's a, I think she's a Russian lady on 90 Day Fiance, and I'm not Russian, but I could. So that's two comparisons. I don't know how I feel about this is that. The, this is the couple. You know what it is? I, I look at 90 Day Fiance as the symptom of how sick we've become, because that's <laughs> all we do in this country is watch terrible television like that. When we we uh, we would watch it and go, oh my god, I, I just think like, oh, I'm sick. Something's wrong with me. And so, and now we've gotten to know some of the people in the, on the cast and stuff from podcasting and stuff. And so I, I can't be that negative on it. So, but, uh, but Susan, which, oh, who do you funny. think uh, Michaela reminds you of? Cause Susan's, uh, is, is, uh, the Andre's wife. No, no, no. But she says there's a, a Russian oh, woman. I, th- Russian. I think, oh. I think the Ukrainian they're talking she got about. She's really fit. Okay. Maybe there's this was woman, her husband hug- ended up in jail. Was she that, got, uh, Oh, really? Vanessa, no, she was Brazilian. No. Well, we'll think about it. We'll come up with it. But we, the, the, well, you look pretty like all of them. They, they're all beautiful women, like amazing women. They're just so pretty. That's, that's so funny. Well, my relationship was kind of like 90 Day Fiance. Andre and I just met. And we're like, honestly, we just met. We were young. Um, and I ended up having a baby. 
And so it was, I was like, I didn't want the drama in my life, but it just kind of happened. But uh, so we're good now. We have a three and a half year old. Yeah. Um, Congratulations. Where, where is Andre from? Is he, he's Russian, right? He's Russian. Russian. Yeah, I was born in Moscow. That's so funny. He, he's a super bright, and the interactions I've had with him, lo- lovely man, but the bright comes through Yeah, he's very kind. What does he do for a li- Do you mind if I ask? What you, I'm just curious what he does for a living. He, he helps me uh, run my dad's social media. He mm-hmm. was a business consultant before that. Mm-hmm. And then when dad kind of popped up to fame, there was, well, as soon as you get to the kind of that amount of fame, there's a whole bunch of opportunity and there's a whole bunch of organization that he needed help with. And I took that over. And then there was a business and financial element that a tax that I had no idea what to do with. And I was like, Andre, there we go. Well, please say hi to him. He's also yeah. a kind of bright, bright man. I, I, that came flying through loud and clear with the little uh, conversations I had with him. Uh, all right, let's go back Thank to resiliency. You. So, so, so we're saying use anger. We're saying use other people. Uh, so anger got you focused and got you through. I, I, I kind of like that. Was there any, we, did you have an awareness at the time that the anger was sort of a driving element that got you through this? Um, I was lucky enough that it just kind of happened, right? Like it was for me, I noticed it when, um, I had my hip replaced and then suddenly my ankle failed and I needed to have an ankle replacement. And they told me it was going to be a three and a half year wait mm. in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, I had a panic attack. It was like seven hours because I was in so much pain. And at the end of that, something snapped and I got angry and was like, this is like, I'm going to make it through this. So talking to, it's a little bit different, the situation we're in with, with COVID, but a lot of bad situations, sometimes you have to look at your calendar, circle a date in the future mm. and say, you know what, I'm going to reevaluate my life then. Because people have horrible times that they just have to kind of wait through. But you have to remember that if you're in one of those terrible times, if you're, you know, one of your family members is sick or something horrible, it's not going to last forever. Even mm. with this COVID thing, like we're, we're in the middle, we're locked down, people are lonely, but this isn't going to last forever. Um, well, and okay, when, so when, I'm gonna, I want to drill over, in on that right? a little bit. That's a very positive thought. And and when you're negative, it's hard to hang on to those positive thoughts in a way that are yeah. are nourishing. So so do we have a way to do that? I, I is, is yeah, One of the things that I did during the uh, pandemic, when during the fog of war, the pandemic, we really weren't, weren't sure where we were. You can write things down repeatedly or you can say things to yourself repeatedly. Did you do any kind of practice like that? Uh, I did journaling for a long time, but I didn't really do, I I know a lot of people do kind of positive journaling into the future. Mm -hmm. I journaled to get my angst out. So if I had repeating thoughts that were really negative, or if I was angry, Mm -hmm. which I said, I also used in a positive way, I'd write it out and just get it out of my head. So those looping thoughts that people have that are anxiety, like sometimes you can get rid of those if you write them down. Do you think that some of that anger contributed to your depression earlier? You, have, you haven't really talked about your depression yet. You said you had depression. I, I'm assuming it was, you know, part of being chronically ill is you get depressed. I mean, it's just it was. normal. Yeah. And, and there is theories, psychological theories out there that some depression is anger turned inward. Do you think that was a component of your depression? And when you turned it outward, maybe that's what made it more productive? Um, I would say my depression was primarily angry and anger and volatility. Mm. Um, it got worse the older I got. And then there was a doomy aspect, but, uh, I was very angry and very volatile. Mm. And 
it didn't actually get better until I went on this very low carb diet. Hmm. And I think reduced the amount of inflammation in my body. And then it just went away. Hmm. So there wasn't a lot of mindset that helped it go away. I I never thought it was going to go away. I thought I was, I thought it was there forever. I was going to be on medication forever. And it left when I went low carb after a few months. You know what? Let me, I'm going to throw in a little more, uh, Again, we're speculating because, as you said, the science isn't there yet. But right yeah. now, I'm on a medication that is specifically, it's for my long hauler stuff. That's you People that have watched this uh, stream have seen me talk to some of the researchers. That's designed to hit inflammatory mediators in the brain, something called the Sigma-1 receptor, which is a, a new sort mm -hmm. of biology being looked at. And it really helped me. And, and I'm wondering if maybe some of that phenomenon is a Sigma-1 phenomenon somehow mediated through insulin through the uh highly you know desaturated fats and all those sorts not what's the word i'm looking for oxidized fats that i've got covid brain uh and and it's really interesting to speculate that there might be a mechanism we, that covid might even show us the mechanism for this one day yeah well interestingly and i i agree with that the medication i was on for arthritis was um it worked on i think it was interleukin 5 or oh, interleukin yeah. 3 right um yeah. And it was so seriously anti-inflammatory, shut down part of my immune system. Right. And it worked. It didn't, and it didn't stop me from getting my hip and ankle replaced, but it worked. And there are ideas that I was on SSRIs and there are, are ideas out there that they have an anti-inflammatory component. So right. whatever, ha yeah, whatever. They do. That's what, that's what I'm getting diet. right now. Cause I'm not aware of any mood. Of, I'm not, I have no sort of sense of, I, I, I think for a couple of days I was a little de-repressed, like I was a little impulsive, but that was it. Otherwise, I'm just kind of feeling better. It's interesting. Isn't it? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, inflammation makes people crazy. Like, yeah. I mean, well, you're right. We're we're guessing, but I think well, a that's lot what of COVID it is. is. That's the that's the, the 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 horrible part of COVID is the inflammatory yeah. piece, and and presumably this long hauler thing is that. I I can't tell if it's just uh you know subjectively it feels like either it was an injury like a head injury because it feels like that and it could have been just that, or it feels like ongoing inflammation and the fact that this sigma one agonist helped me suggests that inflammation is a is a significant part of this. So, uh, so back to resilience. Yeah. I want to kind of I want to stay with resiliency as much as we can. Back back to a world where, you know, we're using screens and we're you know we're doing things that don't add to resiliency. In fact, they got to sort of catch us in loops of frustration yeah. and helplessness and arousal, whatever it might be. Is it strictly other people that get us out of that? Or are there other sorts of resiliency notions you, you have? Okay. Well, just the normal stuff that I know works, that's kind of difficult to implement exercising works. Right. If you can exercise, if right. you have the energy, it's anti-inflammatory as well. Well, you know, yeah. uh, the component of it is anti-inflammatory. Exercise really does make me feel better. Meditation makes me feel better. So journaling makes me feel better. There are things that you can do at home. Um, a low-carb diet makes me feel better. Those are things that you can do at home. Uh, I'm fairly extroverted, so a lot of my well-being, unfortunately, depends on social interaction. Mm. Um, I found one thing people can do, and it's especially important nowadays, is try and interact with people that aren't just in your social circle. Oh, that's a, a really interesting. Yeah. I, that's a very interesting statement. I, I have, you know, I've, I worked with addicts and stuff for many, many years. And, and one of the things that, um, I found was sort of extraordinary is if you have somebody different than you, 
but who can appreciate you and experience you fully. It's literally like seeing yourself through a new pair of glasses. And as such, you grow. You grow from that other person's perception of you, or at least the sharing of emotions with that other person. Is that, is that the kind of thing you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, that, that's definitely it. That works. And then it also tackles the fact that people seem to be, well, people are angry. You can see that on social media. Um, and I think remembering that there are people who have different views than you mm. is also helpful nowadays and important to kind of, re- I know I talked about using anger in a positive way, yeah. but to reduce the amount of anger yeah. online. No, I get it. After, yeah. I get it. But I, but I think that is another great point, which is to, is to take a deep breath and try to understand perspective of people whose opinions are different than yours. I mean, again, this is all about your own growth. You grow when your mind changes like that, right? Yeah. And everyone's upset that, oh, it's the people on the other side, whatever the other side is that are being unreasonable, but it's people on both sides that are refusing to listen to the other side. Yeah. That's it's that part is that people jump. It's almost like we treat each other like cartoon characters. You know what I mean? Anybody that has a public life is treated like a non person. Like like cartoon is the closest thing I can think of that that, you know, you, we represent something that's sort of cartoonish. And as such, you can do anything to that cartoon character you wish, uh, in, including destroying yeah. it or changing the channel or whatever it is. I, the, the the sort of sense of there being another person there is kind of lost. The, the other thing I'm seeing a lot of, and I've discussed this before, which is there's so much narcissism afoot in the world, particularly in this country. Uh, envy is one of the great... Uh, risk factors of narcissism. It's one of the, the, one of the more unpleasant outcomes. And so a lot of people feel envy towards other people and they, they're not just jealous, meaning they want what they have. They have to knock them down and that's envy. You got to bring somebody down to, to I, you have something I want, makes me feel bad. I got to make you feel bad like me. And that's kind of, that, that's a, that's a very yeah. destructive emotion. Very destructive. It is. And social media is making that so much worse. I had the same response to people though, before I had kind of a, a platform, whatever size platform my my platform is, um, I had the same issue with putting people in boxes. And looking back on it, I recognize that part of that was jealousy. And I don't think people understand the people in public eye. There are upsides and downsides. There's more opportunity. There's probably it's easier to access money, but the stress that comes with it is unbelievable to somebody who hasn't experienced it. The amount of work put in that goes on the back end, people also don't see. Uh, it's weird. It's yeah. Weird. I, I would I would love it. Well, I totally agree with you. The back end stuff, the getting up at 530 in the morning, the traveling, the speaking, yeah. all this, the craziness. Yeah. Um, but I'd love it if you wouldn't mind speaking a little more about that change. Because I think if you talked about your change from becoming more empathic, from, from being a little bit abusive to more empathic, I think that's what you're describing. Um, I think that would help other people. Yeah. Well, I'd look at, um, celebrities, and these are like A-list or B-list celebrities with a lot of followers, and think if they said something rude or irrit- irritable, I'd be like, well, what do you have to complain about, honestly? Right? Uh, like, you, uh-huh. you've made it, you have money, like, what are you complaining about? You live in this giant house, you have a pool, what are you complaining about? And then my dad, you know, went viral in 2016, and that came with a whole bunch of stress. And I saw... And his was kind of on another level. People were very, very angry at him 
And so that was a little bit different, I think, than being like an actor. But uh, it made me feel way worse for people um, that are in the public eye. People like, I remember being younger and being not angry, but confused, I guess, about Justin Bieber. Mm. Right. Cause he'd be going or he was drinking. He went to jail. It was like, what is he doing? Like what a moron. <laughs> and then you see the amount of stress that those people are under. And it's like, thank God they're still alive. Yes. I, it's really serious. Yes. It yeah. is, you're so correct. But there, there's one thing I, I, cause I've thought about this a lot. There's one thing that you have that say a Justin Bieber does not have Justin Bieber, you and your dad have purpose. You're trying to do something. You're, you're using, you're using this to make a difference. Justin Bieber or actors, they're just performing. You know what I mean? They're, they're doing their creative thing and they want to be successful, but there's really no purpose. They're not trying to change things for the better for people except to entertain them, which is real. That's, that's fine. But when you have a real purpose, it, it helps, it helps push you forward through some of this stuff, doesn't it? Yeah, actually, I agree. Yeah. At least you're doing it for a reason. Yeah, it's yeah, not just yeah, hey, it's me. Hundred percent right. Yeah, I mean, think about your opposing views thing. I mean, you're bringing people together. You're you're taking the heat for that because it's it's helpful. You want to you want to do something good. You want to make things mm -hmm. better. Uh, and right now, people people have trouble believing that 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 you're you have you know yeah. a good heart. They they think that everyone is evil or trying to do something or it's it's and when you are trying to do something good, it's especially painful. It's very painful. Yeah, it's been, it's happened quite dramatically. It's happened quite dramatically to my dad when they're like, what's his real goal here? Right, it's like, right. he just really wants to help people. I've been talking about low carb diet or and I, this meat diet that helped me. And they're like, oh, who's paying you? And I was like, right. who would be paying you? No one, this just really helped me. So I want to tell other people. Foster Farms chickens got you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. McDonald's is paying. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah this is the part. This is the part that that's so it's actually painful. Um, so, you know, I, I and I'm sure you get you say he gets it, but I'm sure you get in the crossfire a lot. I have no doubt. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I get I get the uh, like a shill for I don't know, this low carb diet, which is the worst <laughs> way to make money. Like, let me tell you guys. <laughs> Damn, but there only were a way you could actually make a living by talking about low carb diets. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, that and then I, I get a little bit of heat for, well, I caught a lot of heat for trying to help my dad, a lot of heat, but I ended up helping my dad. So that paid off. But that was really hard in the last year. Yeah. Twitter is yeah. the worst. Yeah. Do you, do you want, would you like me to just say something about that very quickly to support you? Because, yeah, sure. okay, M Michaela did a masterful job and, and your husband, a masterful job helping your dad. Thank you. And and that when I see people becoming critical, especially supposedly smart people in the press, it is reprehensible. It's disgusting to me because you have a family that went through something very intense. You have family members that came to the rescue and worked their ass off in in, in stupendous ways, and these assholes have the temerity to be critical. It's disgusting. So that's my two cents. Uh -huh. Is that enough? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, it, I appreciate it that. Is, it is that truly, truly disgusting. It's disgusting. I got so angry. I was like, oh, ugh. it makes you move away. Like, ugh. I don't want to be around it. You know, so anyway, there you go. Yeah. It's, um, Thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah.
Uh, and and again, I can relate with you having you know been in this you know this media thing, trying to do good and then being yeah. accused of not, and how 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 much that hurts. And then and then you're you're left trying to be resilient, right? And that's you know that's what we're really primarily talking yeah. about today, so other people can benefit from that. And for me, uh, I I do believe that it's I think other people. I, I really think you're you're you are spot on with that. That it is finding people who see you for who you are, people who actually mm -hmm. care, people who will reflect back to you something new about yourself. And 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 it's hard. It's super, super hard when it's not uh in person. Super hard. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it's uh, way harder yeah. not in person. Yeah. Well, Michaela, yeah. I I, uh, you, I promise you 30 minutes. We've done about 30 minutes. Uh, it's a privilege to talk to you. Uh, we'll look for the podcast and the, well, the two podcasts now. We've got Opposing Views. Hang on here. It just, is that just, is there a Twitter for Opposing Views or just look up on your usual podcast? No, just Michaela Peterson podcast. And then the Michaela, YouTube. Michaela Peterson podcast. Yeah. And then Twitter at Michaela Alexis. The Alexis is spelled A-L-E-K-S-I-S. And Michaela, M-I-K-H-A-I-L-A. And uh, great, great to talk to you. Congratulations on everything and uh, hope to talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Right. Thank you for having me you on. You got it. Talk soon. And uh, we're going to have uh, uh, my friend uh, Alex Michelson in here in just a moment. I'm watching you guys on the restream here. Uh, any thoughts on the restream about uh, Michaela and her her uh, performance here? I think she's, uh, the whole family is extraordinary. And so uh, I, she very kindly decided she would come in here and give us, a, give her a, Give her a listen on her podcast. They're very entertaining. They're very good. They're very thoughtful. Um, We're still waiting for Alex. Do you want to take a call? Oh, sure. Uh, so so Machiavelli is saying, don't know who she is or what she does. She is uh, Jordan Peterson's daughter. She has a podcast called Michaela Peterson Podcast. Uh, and she is uh, in the mix with some of her dad's stuff. Oh, my goodness. We have lots of calls here. Uh, 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 hmm. Do you want to take a quick break? Let me take a call right before we do. Because yeah. uh, this is kind of interesting. Uh, Cassandra, how are you doing there? Good. Hi, Dr. Drew. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for taking my call. Yes. Um, I was just wondering, because, of course, like you were just talking about with your guest stress and yeah. stress management, and I've been kind of stuck in what I go to is listening to old Loveline episodes. <laughs> okay. um, That's interesting. I came across one. Yeah, I was listening to one from Marilyn Manson, and it, it was there was one in 2003 and one in 2004. Yeah. And then it got me thinking, um, I wonder what Dr. Drew thinks. I could definitely tell. I'm, I don't want to speak too much, but I could tell that you could suss something out while he was in the room with you. Well, and if I was you, just curious I think like, what your whole memory of that I, was. I, I, not a hint of any of the allegations that are being made against him. Not not even close was I thinking anything like that. I still, they're still just allegations. Okay. And he, correct, he was the, I would say he's the opposite of that. That's what sort of kind of doesn't fit for me. Wow. However, however, the, what, you, what you heard, I bet in the 2003 one, is he was drinking a shit ton of absinthe as we sat there and got pretty loaded, yes. <laughs> and, and, as I recall, right? Isn't that what happened? Can't believe I remember yes. it 17, yeah. 17 years ago, eight, four, 18 years ago. And and that made me uncomfortable. <laughs> we were on radio and he was getting pretty yes. pretty wild. And I think I even talked to him afterwards. I'm like, dude, you know, I, I remember, you know, I, I, this happened all the time on Loveline. I just pull people aside and go, hey, if you ever want to, 
do something about this. Let me let me know. I mean, I used to do that with Steve all the time, and he'd finally call. Um, and uh, he, but he was always. I I would call him gracious. I, I knew his dad too. I, I I don't, you know. So this whatever happened, you know, it makes me wonder. Hmm, could it have been with the substances that made that problem? Because you know, substances are associated right. with problematic behavior, no matter who you are. Uh, so that's the only, uh, other than that, I have zero opinion about it, except to say that that's not, does not fit with the guy I, I met at all. Interestingly, Cassandra, how's your, you said yeah. your, your, um, how's your mood and stuff doing? Is it all COVID related? Um, it is. I mean, I'm working through trauma mm. and doing it in isolation and all that, but you know, it's really like your guest was saying too, kind of use the anger to help myself create things Good. and get over things. And the old love line, I, I recommend that to anybody out there. If you just want a nostalgia time capsule for an hour and be transported, that's really a great option. Yeah, it was, it was a moment, wasn't it? Really? You really get a flavor. You get yeah. a feel for the pulse of the moment for sure. That's what we, that's what I loved about it. We were definitely in it all the time. And, and uh, but it, it's interesting to me, a lot of you using anger. That's not, that's not where I, routinely go with these kinds of uh, phenomena, but I'm fascinated that that's helping. So I'm going to keep my eye on that. All right. I, Sandra, um, yeah. Look, the deal, the deal is Dr. Drew, I'll be straight with you. I'm not at the point where I can really go through the feeling. So instead of disassociating, I'm going to hold on to anger. So that makes me get out of bed and do my job every day. That's, that's perfectly you fine. Know? Right. That's, that's, I, dissociation yeah. is, is, and you understand dissociation is this vagal mediated detachment that becomes a predominant means of regulating emotions. And you have to, you, you'll go to that very easily. And so your job is to not dissociate, feel the feelings, increase the range of feelings and attach and sort of connection to those feelings. That's, that's it. I mean, that's what you're doing and that's great. Okay. All right. Hang in there, but be neat. Right. But I heard Good you deal. say Thank I heard you, you say that it's hard to do alone, and I agree. You kind of need to be in the room with somebody to really do this properly. Okay, it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hang in there. You're all right. You're gonna do fine. You're you're in it. It's all good. It's all good. All right, we will take a break. We have Alex Michelson coming here in a few minutes. Um, uh, anything else, guys? Do I need to talk about anything? Promote anything? DrU.TV, I'm being told now is where you should all be going. Um, in case YouTube has any issues, I've got, I've got all the <laughs> COVID misinformation policy from YouTube that I'm trying to follow. None of it has anything to do with anything I would ever discuss under any circumstances. It's all far out nonsense rather than scientifically based clinical material that we discuss here. What's Pretty that? funny. I mean, I read that. I guess you have to click through. They don't send that in the letter, but I clicked through and I was like, wow, how did I miss this? Like, Yeah, I can't even, this? I can't read it because if I read it, YouTube will cancel me, but it's all the, cra <laughs> it's all the crazy yeah, conspiracy theories and stuff you've heard. Crazy. It's beyond, it's beyond, beyond, beyond. So you and feel better now? You know, you didn't do anything wrong. No, I, Susan, I had read this. I had read it and that's why I was so frustrated. The only thing I could find in this six pages was they don't want any discussions about immunity. And I had discussed, you know, my illness and, you know, what that meant and stuff. Yeah, but I don't think so, they were picking on that because that was, that's only thing I could find. Only thing I that's could find. That's not a reason to take down your. Only thing I could find. That's the point. We None of these things that we ever get anywhere near. 
So if, you know, whatever. But anyway, if we, should, we wanted people to uh, to keep an eye out at drdrew.tv, you can find all our different platforms there in case YouTube is not up someday. You can also go to uh, drdrew.locals.com where we will have streaming soon. You can sign up without paying. Yes, you don't and just- And we it's, give it's, out, it's, we will give you a, an email when we start the show. I've been trying to- link everything to it it's it's not quite there yet but it's building slowly it, it is a subscription model but you don't have to be in the subscription what is giovanni giorgio's what's giovanni giorgio's uh twitter do you know it off because i want to send people the link for the because this line. you can get oh michael alex is there waiting for us he just texted me um uh let me tell him we're on it uh i can get you giovanni in just a second if you give i'm me. looking for it on your twitter i can't figure it out uh, I thought it was Giovanni Giorgio. Hold on. Okay, you, we'll we'll figure hold, it out. After hold the on, break. it just take me after a second. The break, no, after no, the break. no. I really got it right we now. Gotta get, we <laughs> gotta get. Here it is. Uh, uh oh. Maybe it's not as easy as I thought it would be. <laughs> I told you. Uh, Let's do it out during the break. I got a lot of Giovannis that pop up here. During the break, honey. Okay. Yeah. Really seriously. All right, all right, all right. Okay. This pandemic began, we were not sure how it spread. Everyone began wearing masks and using hand sanitizers. Great ways to slow the spread. But a lot of people still get sick. I can personally attest to that. We now know that COVID-19 spreads via aerosols and droplets from the nose and mouth. And I've been thinking about this for a while. Why aren't we also sanitizing the nose and mouth, killing the virus directly at the place where it spreads? Why weren't more doctors thinking about this? Well, some doctors have done the research, which I discovered it sooner. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Halodyne. It's an FDA-registered antiseptic for the nose and mouth that's proven to eliminate 99.99% of the virus that causes COVID-19 in just 15 seconds. That's right. It's created by a team of clinicians with decades of experience in antiviral treatments, initially created to protect healthcare workers. These are smart scientists, and it's a great product that also eliminates many other viruses and infecting particles. I'm using both their nasal antiseptic swab and their oral spray to help protect those around me, and you should be too. For others and for yourself, whether you're hopping on a three-hour flight Always use it there. Visiting grandparents or attending a meeting that you can't miss, Halodyne's family of oral and nasal antiseptics give you the safe, easy, on-the-go antiviral protection for up to four hours. I encourage you to try Halodyne at halodyne.com today. My listeners get 10% off with the discount code Dr. Drew. That is H-A-L-O-D-I-N-E.com, discount code D-R-D-R-E-W. So obvious, it just makes sense. Stop the virus before it spreads and gets in your body with Halodyne. Well, I too have struggled with GI issues over the years. I have something called Lynch syndrome. So gut health is extremely important to me. And while gut health awareness has increased, it's led to a wellness trend that's inspired a host of questionable marketing and some false claims. Now you've seen the word probiotic attached to all kinds of supplements, drinks, even more. They may claim to deliver the healthy microorganisms our gut needs for proper function, but all too often the promises are in fact too good to be true. Thankfully, I became aware of a company called Seed and their flagship product, the Daily Symbiotic. Seed's Daily Symbiotic offers 24 clinically researched strains of microorganisms in a single dose. These strains support gut health and can improve regularity and relieve bloating, sometimes within as little as 24 to 48 hours. To me, what really sets Seed's Daily Symbiotic apart is the delivery system. While some products may offer the right strains, they're fragile, they rarely survive the trip through the gut, doesn't get where it needs to go, but Seed uses a capsule in capsule design that helps ensure the probiotic reaches your colon, which is where they often are needed. I have been taking Seed's Daily Symbiotic, and I really encourage you to check out their story and the science behind what they do. To try it for yourself, just go to seed.com slash Dr. Drew. 
Use code Dr. Drew20 for 15% off your first month of daily symbiotic. That is S-E-E-D.com slash Dr. Drew. Use code Dr. Drew20. Welcome back, everybody. We're trying to hook up with Alex Michelson here. I'm a little, little technical stuff. Uh, I'm looking at your, yes, uh, Jax L, uh, suicides have gone up as well as overdoses. We're up in the range of around 90,000 overdoses now with people in this country. Uh, not surprising given, uh, given the fact that we are allowing people to die of drug use on the streets and we are not doing anything from a law enforcement standpoint. We're not doing anything from a treatment standpoint. Uh, and we are locking people into a helpless situation that makes them lonely and desperate and depressed. And of course, young people, particularly, I'm going to do a couple of podcasts coming up. I've got Dr. Lisa Stroman coming on the Dr. Drew podcast, maybe next week where she has uh, been involved uh, on a national scale with what's going on with young people. And she says it is quote, a total mess. And if we don't get kids, get kids back to school, it's only going to get worse. And it is accelerating now. Uh, Joe Giannotti, I don't know what we'll be talking about Fox LA tonight. Maybe Alex knows a little something I'll ask him. I haven't had my call yet with the people that uh, produce that. Yeah, Ryan, anxiety is way up. Of course it is. We have, we're telling people that the outside world is a dangerous place. Anybody is a source of transmission. Stay away from other people. Shelter in place. As though there was a nuclear holocaust underway. And yeah, there was a serious thing underway, but we we way overdid the mental health consequences of of this uh, particular, uh, list in this state, of this particular crisis. Uh, do we have Alex there? Is he showing up? Mm. He says it is Chrome he's using. So for whatever that's worth. Uh, oh my, with Chris. Uh, Chris, tell me, you said a seven-year-old said, I wish I was dead. Uh, who is the seven-year-old you heard say that? Because that kind of stuff I'm hearing an awful lot of, that sort of seven to 15, really eight to 15 age group, a lot of desperation, a lot of helplessness, a lot of hopelessness. Uh <clears throat> Hmm, Brian, that's a confusing story. I don't quite know what to make of that. Uh, Hi-Fi, you don't have depression. I don't know quite what that is. Yeah, Cara, uh, Halodyne is something I use when I travel especially. I mean, that, you know, they're ma making us wear two masks now or they're recommending two masks. Why don't they recommend something you put on your throat and nasal cavity that can really reduce the transmission of this virus? I, I don't understand why it's only the mask. It, it's, again, the the... The, the orthodoxy, the, the um, <clears throat> bureaucratic mandates are really kind of crazy. Uh, not to saying that it's not a, a, a good idea to wear a mask and that I've always thought the two mask thing was actually probably a better idea anyway because we had a lot of aerosolized stuff. I think that's how I probably got uh, COVID. I was walking around with a surgical mask where the aerosolized stuff can get in on the sides. I was in a hospital, uh, you know, and that was that. There, there it went. <clears throat> Fart smeller. What is a good medication for depression? Depends on the symptoms of your depression and your age and sort of um, what you've tried in the past. Uh, Whisk Chris, I, I don't see who was the seven-year-old. Oh, you're a kid. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that is terrible. Uh, have you had her evaluated or anything? Or, you know, take them, maybe a pediatrician, talk to the pediatrician about her. And, and is she getting back to school yet? Um, Kava Machiavelli, I'm very aware of Kava. Kava is a little more dangerous than you might imagine. Uh, back, there are stories of people in these, uh, I think they're islands outside the Philippines, which have a lot of indigenous Kava and people getting strung out on it because it has benzodiazepine properties. A little Kava, I don't object to, but to be using it therapeutically, whenever you use something therapeutically, you're treating yourself and that's always a mistake. 
right? I, you don't treat yourself. Now, if somebody wants to recommend it to you and follow you, can't be objective about what's happening to you. Um, yeah, you don't treat yourself. Mm. <laughs> Denise says next it'll be three masks. Um, Jesse, you had your defibrillator moved last year due to not using it. Uh, take a good talk to your cardiologist about that. If you had reason to put one in in the first place, I don't understand why they would take it out. Uh, that's actually kind of concerning. Um, let's see here. Neighbor has lung cancer, improved with new medication. She now has COVID. Oh, boy. They said take Tylenol, drink fluids. Shouldn't she be doing more? Um, uh, this is uh, Kirkwood. Uh, Kirkwood. Look, right now there is a monoclonal antibody that has been approved. In addition to the bamlanivimab, there's a combination product. Seems to me she would be ideal for. It's bamlanivimab and etivizumab. 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 Oh my goodness, these medication. Etisivimab. Yeah. So it's bamlanivimab and etisivimab. Those two together so become a polyclonal antibody, and that would be perfect for that woman. It seems like that's a circumstance where that should be used. Justin, yeah, Valium is a benzodiazepine. Be very da dangerous with those medications. Uh, Gene, the Novavax vaccine has, has been sort of mixed stuff. Uh, we'll see yet uh, how that turns out. I, I'd be surprised if it is as good as the um, Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Uh, I'm, I'm right now waiting on my Additex score. I had it drawn yesterday. And we're going to see if um, we will see if that uh, antibody, my antibody response, which was 10 or 20 times the level of normal vaccine levels, has come down at all. If it comes down by 60, 70%, I think I'm going to get the vaccine. Uh, I'm interested to see if I can wait till the Johnson & Johnson vaccine so I can just take uh, one, one vaccine. Uh, poor Alex is having real trouble getting in here. So in the meantime, why don't I take some calls in the meantime? Okay, let's see. Let's do that. Um, uh Okay, let's talk to Jan. Hi, Jan. What's going on? Jan? Hey, uh, Dr. Drew. Jay, it's big Jay. Fan. Hello, can you hear me? I got you, Jay. Sorry. Hey, uh, I'm a... Oh, no problem. I'm a big fan. I just wanted to start by saying that. Thank you, buddy. Uh, my brother wanted to say hello. That's all right, my brother Jerry. All right. I want to be baptized. <laughs> What's that, Jerry? I want to be baptized. Okay, fair enough, buddy. All right, we will put uh, Jerry and Jay back on hold. Um, let's talk to uh, Sarah. <clears throat> hey, Sarah, what's going on? Sarah? Hello? Hey, how are you? Yeah. Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm That's good. You. What's happening there? Um, I'm just curious if, like, um, what's your opinion would be if you were in a toxic relationship with your partner, still with um two children, mm. um seven and three, mm. boy and girl, um you know, and we've been together nine years. Um, could we heal, like from all the how how toxic you know, <clears throat> how toxic we talking here? Um, there's been, you know, um, mental abuse, 
you know, um, of, uh, substance abuse. There's been physical abuse. All right. So, uh, so if there was he loaded when he was physically abusive, intoxicated. Um. Yeah. Okay. So you know, there, there, you were talking about a very complicated situation. Uh, it can get better. It does not get better on its own. Does not get better on its own. It gets worse, which is why when we hear stories like this, the first order of business is getting you away from him uh, and putting you in some sort of shelter or some sort of environment where you can start the process of healing. Now, he, both of you have to be motivated to get better if you're going to save this relationship. Now, there are circumstances where one person gets a lot better and that and the other person wants to stay in the relationship. And in order to do so, they have to kind of come along for that ride uh, of health. They have to kind of improve with you. And sometimes you being able to form a more stable, secure, healthy attachment sort of teaches them to form that attachment. But that's kind of unusual. And particularly when substances are involved, he has to be treated for his substance use disorder. You have to be treated for the trauma and PTSD of being in a relationship like this. <clears throat> we have to look at why you chose to be in a relationship like this, what it was about your parents. You have to remember your kids are being exposed to domestic violence or what's called intimate partner violence now. And that changes well, the, their the mental health is, dramatically. Go ahead. Both children are the father of um my kids and um so and i keep him around because uh i'm epilepsy and we have kids together so what medications are you on uh, the medication i the reason why i'm epilepsy is because i abused uh xanax right sounds like you're still on that stuff though yeah. Yeah. So you need but to be treated as much as I want. You need to be treated for your substance use disorder as well. So there's a lot to do here. A lot, a lot of stuff. And you know, it's time. It's time. How old are you now? I'm 29. Yeah. It's, it is time. It is time. I mean, I'm you could, you could do something very simple. I mean, your kids are, I, I worry about the safety of your kids with everybody using around them, but here's something simple you could do. You could go to a 12 step meeting and raise your hand and say, I need help. And see if you can get help from some people there. Very simple. Just go or go to a Zoom meeting. It's even easier now, right? You can't even go to meetings. I, I you know, maybe in some states you can. You're in Michigan. I, I probably have to Zoom there. Go to a Zoom meeting, a 12-step Zoom meeting, and just go, I'm in trouble. I need help. And see what, what you can get back from people. But uh, we need to get you a social worker and some doctors and some psych psychologists and really get going here. But the the... The story under the story is substance use disorder, and that always has to be treated aggressively. So I'm sorry about that. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Uh, do we have Alex at all? Or No, Alex. Is, we just give up on that because I got lots of good calls here. Yeah, keep going. <clears throat> all right. <clears throat> uh, Dale, go ahead. Hi, Dale. Yeah. Uh, hi. Uh, Drew, would, would you just in general uh, uh, address the uh, variants that are out there and kind of summarize and yeah. how bad is it, how dangerous? And right. Um, appreciate that. Yeah, okay, we'll do that. I'm going to put you on hold because I'm just going to be sort of going with it here. Uh, give me a second here. 
So here's the bottom line. Uh, the bottom line is there are lots of variants out there, right? There are, and, and we are trying to chase them. The British have been very good at doing genomic studies, and they're seeing all the different varieties. They're, this country is starting to ramp up uh, what they're looking at, and we are seeing it, it's complicated, right? It's very complicated. I was just reading an article about how the virus creates some of these uh, variants. The, the reality is that these are gene alterations. They're actually transpositions. The, the virus has a mechanism for repairing mutations, but it can't repair transpositions. And so the kinds of things that are developing are developing in multiple sites because it's a feature of the virus. It's not just in one individual and then getting out. It's developing in multiple sites. Now, one of the ones that people are very concerned about or preoccupied with is this one that's more infectious. Uh, it came out of the UK. Um, I believe it's the B.1.1.7. Uh, and that is a somewhat evading vaccine. Some we, th we don't think it's evading immunity, though, and it is more contagious. So it's going to be the predominant virus out there. The ones that are really causing a concern, though, that, that one really is not a real concern. Let's just say that we probably have that one hand. The vaccine's probably covering it well, and Im immunity is probably covering it well. And by the way, speaking of immunity, saw some data this morning that suggests we've been underestimating the number of COVID cases out there. So immunity may be more pervasive than we know. But the South African variant, the B.1.351, uh, that is one that has been causing concern because it's we can get it can get around some of the vaccines for sure. And in Brazil, the P.1 variant is also of concern. Similar phenomenon. And I believe P1 has developed in multiple sites uh, as well, I guess also in Japan. <clears throat> uh, so it it's a it's got some additional mutations that make it difficult to be recognized by antibodies. So that these are ones that we worry are going to get past people like me who've had the illness and people that are vaccine. Now my understanding is that the um, Moderna people are working very hard on create because the mRNA vaccines are very quick to uh, be produced and changed. We can alter them and change them very, very quickly. They're very optimistic. If you saw Dr. John Campbell's uh, review yesterday of the, the variants that are out there, he was very optimistic that the booster, particularly what Moderna is putting together, will be something that will cover it. Now, what I haven't heard yet is whether that booster will only be good for Moderna recipients or whether people who've been fully vaccinated with the Pfizer or the Johnson & Johnson vaccine can then take the Moderna booster. We'll see on that. I don't know the answer to that. But you see, it's a, it's a, pretty, loaded, uh, it's a pretty loaded topic. So uh, I, ho I hope that helped kind of under you know focus it a little bit. In the meantime, it's why we continue to wear masks. It's why I wear a mask. You know, I want to signal that everyone's comfortable, but also I don't want to get another, I don't want to get a variant. I do not want to get that. Joe, what's up, buddy? Hey, Drew, how you doing? Well, good. How are you, man? Um, I want, I'm good. Good, doing well. Uh, let's, uh, you know, let's continue on with what you, what you were just discussing, yeah. um, because the Biden administration this afternoon, according to the Miami Herald, um, is, you know, they're, they're, they're looking at potential domestic travel restrictions because of those new mutations. Um, and the place they're looking in particular is Florida. Hmm. However, if I'm not mistaken, isn't California also um, uh, has has one of the higher percentages of uh, B.1.1.1.7? Right. Uh, and, and we have another one. And we had a spontaneous one that developed here, my understanding is. and but 
right, that one, exactly. that that already that horse is out of the barn. I, I don't understand what travel restrictions are really going to do with that one. It, again, it's the South African and the um, Brazilian ones that are really of concern. That, yeah. That's the stuff we got to get after. Those are, yeah, you agree? And, and I know that Doctor, uh, I, I do, and I know that Doctor Bean has done an outstanding job with uh, on one of his podcasts, which I'll put on locals. Great uh, about the South African and Brazilian trains. Uh, another question, quickly for you. Mm-hmm. Um, did Susan get the Adtix score? Because I'm I'm more curious about her than about you. Yeah, she that's that's true because she has not gotten this thing in spite of lying next to me all night while I was sick. Uh, I, I'm with you. I could not uh, uh, shake that out of the tree just yet. I'm, I'm still they, they because they don't have it commercially available yet. It's very sort of restricted. I kind of had to beg for mine to get done. Well, not beg. They, they're interested in me because I had such high levels. Um, but I, I do not have other scores yet. I have a couple of vaccine recipient scores and, uh, I I'll keep pushing to see if I can get Susan's. I agree I with you. See be if my son can get it. Cause he had COVID. Hey, right. Alex is on the phone. Cause we gave up on the firewall situation at Fox. Okay. We're not sure why okay. he's not able to got get it. Through. Okay, Joe, I'm going to, I'm going to put you back on hold. Thanks buddy. You got it. All right, man. Uh, and we're going to talk to Alex Michelson, my uh, partner at seven o'clock on uh, Fox 11 here in Los Angeles. Alex, sorry about that technical issue. It's all good, Dr. Drew. It, 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 you are always worth the wait. <laughs> well, hey, um, uh, Caleb, will I be able to bring callers up in addition to having yeah. Alex? Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's talk about just yeah. before we go to calls, because there are people, there's somebody here that wants to talk to us about the um, LA school board member we spoke with. Uh, I guess that was your friend. What's his name? I forgot his name. Doug something. Is that right? Uh, Nick Melvoin. Nick, Nick Melvoin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. He is the, he's the, uh, he's the vice president of the LAUSD school board. But, but let's look back over this last year. I mean, you guys have been, we, we've been doing this for like a year and we started it as an experiment in a March, in March of uh, 2020. I was actually in South Carolina when we started and uh, Susan, b- before the, we got on the air here, was saying, what what has Alex learned? I'd be interested to know what, what he has learned across, because you're not normally doing these kinds of topics. I mean, I'm sure you come across them, but this has been, you know, mostly we've been talking about COVID and its consequences in that seven o'clock slot. What have you learned? Well, that's a broad question. Yes, it is. But, but what comes to mind? It's, it's, it's okay to focus in on one thing. Wait, Susan, Susan has her mic on too. What do you, what do you want to, did you want to? Uh, poor guy's been struggling with yeah. the internet. We have to let him take a breath here in between. But, okay. Um, no, I just. No, I mean, I mean, what, I mean, there's so, there's, there's so many different aspects of what yeah. we've learned. You know, we've yeah. learned a lot about um, medicine and, and what viruses are about. We've learned about human behavior mm. uh, when people uh, are going to be confined in different spaces and, We've learned about the human need for freedom and interaction and um, right. you know, the need for socialization. We've learned about how people adapt uh, when uh, they're put through the ringer. Uh, we've learned about how situations like this create strange bedfellows when it comes to politics. Right. Uh, we've learned about our own ability to adapt um, from a uh, technological perspective, mm-hmm. the fact that so much of the way we communicate with each other is changed forever. Um, I think that will change things forever. And then I, I don't even think we've begun to deal with the repercussions of um, what our kids are not learning and what that will mean for us uh, long term going right. forward uh, because of the changes in in, in terms of uh, not having in-person um, learning and, and socialization challenges right. to that. Right. Um, I, I think this is a, a year where 
every single day we learn something, which is why it's been such a privilege and joy to be able to work with you and do the show that we do and talk to people at the center of this every single night and learn something from them every night. But I think all of us um, have changed uh, immeasurably in the last year. And and to even think about what life is like, some people are posting pictures because I think yesterday was the one year anniversary of last year's Oscars. Oh, wow. Um, And to think how different life was like, just Mm. looking at people's pictures on a crowded red carpet, that Mm. much focus on celebrity, that much, you know, everybody close together, you know, how media was different, how people went to the movies, you know, that feels like a lifetime ago. And that was just one year ago. And, 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 And to think of even politics at this point a year ago, you know, was, it was all this push for super Tuesday and, the travel and the crowded planes and the crowded events and the rallies and, and all of that has changed so dramatically. Mm. I I'm, I'm really interested the way you summed this up because I, I agree. We learned a lot about the biology and the epidemiology and the medicine of this illness. And I, that's sort of a foregone conclusion that we'd be covering that and learning that as this thing evolved. But I'm also so interested that you zeroed in on how people behave in a situation like this. And to me, that's been the most extraordinary part of this, but both in terms of how people adapt, how people push back, how people sort of, you know, studying the 1918 flu, some of the same stuff, the, the, the theories and the, the rumors and the, and the resistance to masks and all the same stuff that was a hundred years ago is happening again now. And, And I, I don't think anybody could have, uh, convinced me that this would have been the narrative of how things played out. And, and it's complicated too. It's not like there's one narrative. There's layers and layers and layers and localities uh, that have different phenomenologies as it pertains to what happened here. But I, I do, I, do you have anything to say to that? Is there anything that stood out for you in that, that, you know, when we talked to, you know, one hand we talked to the Chad goes deep guys from, you know, going down the streets in Huntington beach, getting yelled at for right. handing out masks. On the other hand, we're you know you're questioning the governor of California for his choices on shelter in place and school closures and these things that are had huge impact and questionable you know questionable uh, scientific uh, uh, sort of uh, well, well, meaning behind it. Yeah, well, I mean, I think if we're if we're going to get deeper on this uh, forum than we even get to do on TV every night, I, I think it's interesting about how our societies what I call misinformation crisis mm-hmm. um, happened at the same time that we had the pandemic mm-hmm. and how that made it worse. Um, in, on the one hand, because we do have social media and we have Zoom and we have Vimix, which apparently doesn't work uh, in Fox 11 <laughs> building, and we have all these other ways to communicate with each other, um, you know, we, we were more connected than ever. But because uh, uh, we also have all of these places to spread rumor and innuendo in a way that we've never seen before. Clearly, rumor and innuendo has been a part of human life since probably, you know, the cave paintings, which probably right. had some rumor and innuendo. That's right. That's life. right. And it's always been a part. But I think our tools have made it easier to spread misinformation in a faster way than ever before. And so that has exacerbated um, a lot of our crises in terms of people getting correct information. And I think the anger over trust issues in, in our society, over the feeling that public officials are lying to you, the feeling that you're not getting a straight answer, the, the confusion over 
you know, whether I can trust the science or whether this person has an agenda behind them or what's really going on or what's the real story and let everybody into camps. And and when you really think back upon the, the, the pandemic, how so quickly it became so partisan, you know, this idea of wearing a mask is a sign that, you know, I'm a Democrat or I'm anti-Trump. It's like, no, it's just about like, like, I don't want to get my grandmother sick. You know what I mean? Like, right. and, and no. so quickly, all, all we, we went into our corners and I think, it, you know, we had a lot of, you know, forks in the road of how to deal with this as a country and as a world. And it seemed like almost every time we took the wrong, you know, we went the wrong direction. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I just read a great a piece the New Yorker did that was like a 60 page piece. It was the longest piece they published in a long time. It's almost like a mini book mm. on the pandemic, really looking back on, you know, taking us through the year. And, and so often our, our decision, um, on a state level, on a federal level, on a county level, so many, often our decisions were wrong, not all of them. Um, but so often they were, mm-hmm. and there was such a communication gap. I think between the federal government and state governments and state governments and county governments and just people. And because of that, there was so much confusion of who do I believe and what do I listen to? And why is this rule different across the street than it is here that um, some people just said, you know, F it, I'm not going to listen to any of it. And, and then things I think got a lot worse because of that. Well, two, two responses to that one, I had a 16 year old on here, actually, I think she's 15 who was forming a, uh, website and publication, and she said her the 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 task for her peer age is to figure out what's so what's real. Uh, they, they they're acutely aware yeah. that they don't have some place to go. They have to cull through the data and figure it out for themselves, which I found very inspiring because they they know that they have to really evaluate things carefully and objectively. And and to that same point. I feel like right. I feel like the local one of the winners in all this I think is local news because I feel like we were able to and you guys all day are able to stay sort of even you, you let's just take the masks for instance we would just we would make fun of it we do we just go why don't you wear it what's the data we we just ask lots of questions we wouldn't get into the spin well if you went over to CNN or Fox News you'd see sort of outrage on either side or some spin around the topic, which is anathema to what we need to be doing. Right. Would you agree? Well, I mean, I think their, their business model is a lot built off of outrage and fear because that's what drives people to watch those networks based off of if you just look at the data. Um, and I think the local news business model is, is much more based off of trust and information. Hmm. Um, I think it's hard from probably if you're doing a cable news outlet to really dig into, you know, the conditions for every place in a country with 300 million people in 50 states. Mm-hmm. And it's even hard for us in Southern California with yeah. 15 million people in five counties. And, you know, so many different communities are so different from each other. But um, I, I think, you know, people are looking to us for as much objective information. And even when, when you and I sometimes stray a little bit too much and get a little too heated and a little too opinionated, you know, I'll hear from people saying mm. that's not what we're looking for mm. at this time slot. Um, you know, we're looking for information. And, and I, I always try to keep that in the back of my mind because, um, you know, it, it, it's it's fun sometimes to stray. But I, I think we have a responsibility to try to keep it as straight as we can. I, I agree. I, I do, though, think sometimes they want us to kind of poke at the people we get to interview. No. 
I, I, I think that there's a lot of people that, uh, that do like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but I mean, that's because that's the other thing they can get is that the, the, we're, we're very nice to our guests, but we, you know, we ask them questions that right. might be uncomfortable. They're tough. And that, that's what people want to hear. Not, we're not mean. We're not, and we're not, I don't think we are, are we? I hope not. No, I, I don't think so. I, and, and I think, look, I think it's important that people, are held accountable too. Right. Um, and, and what's cool, I think about our show is that it's, it's one of the few places on, on certainly local TV where th- people can have an extended conversation. Right. Um, you know, where, where somebody who's making these decisions can explain why they're making that decision and what went into it. Or maybe this is what I learned from this, or we got this wrong, but we're getting this right. Or this is why you got to do this. Um, because most people at, at the end of the day are not, you know, whatever side they come from are, are usually have good intentions and are trying to do this for the right reason. Um, but you know, they just have a difference of opinion. And when you actually listen to them and under, you, you at least get an understanding of where they're coming from. You may not agree with them, but it, it is, I think really beneficial to have an understanding of where somebody else is coming from and, and too much of the cable news out outlets and, and too much of the way social media is set up is to, shield you from hearing any opinion that you disagree with. And I think that's so damaging for our society. And I think it was damaging for our society in the way that we handled the pandemic as yeah. a country yeah. because of that. And and I think it 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 it, it made things worse um, in terms of where our country's at now. Yeah. It it feels like we're kind of settling down a little bit, doesn't it? Am I am I too optimistic? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it, it, it seems like, you know, objectively, we are starting to go in, in the right direction and that the, the case numbers, the hospitalizations are oh, yeah, down, that's all bad. Um, the yeah. ICU capacity, yeah, that's all ICU bad. capacity is back. And, and then maybe there's a feeling, okay, we've gotten through this election. Maybe, you know, let's take a deep breath and let's, um, you know, try to, I guess, come together a little bit. I mean, it's just, it is, uh, it is hard, but it does feel I think the nature of who Joe Biden is, and this is without taking a position on whether you agree with his positions or you disagree with, or you're a Trump fan, Joe Biden's style is much more uh, predictable, much more formula. You know, you, he releases a schedule the day before and pretty much sticks to it. He's like a nine to five guy. He's not doing stuff on the weekends. He's not tweeting out, you know, um, anything other than the most boilerplate cliche thing. Right. And so there is not, probably not even him, right? Not him, right. Probably not even him. Right. And it's not him. Right. I don't think he even knows. I don't think he even looks at Twitter. So there's not this sense of chaos. I mean, covering Trump, um, you never knew when news was going to break. It could happen over the weekend. It would happen overnight. It would happen early in the morning. He went off script. I mean, in some ways that made him so, interesting to cover right? right and it made him you know you would cover his events and like you didn't know where he would go yeah. his staffers would t- i mean i covered him a lot out you know with him and his staffers would tell you this is going to happen and he would just ignore the plan and come do something else so you know with biden in, in a lot of ways it's more boring to cover more boring to watch which is why the ratings <laughs> for a lot of these cable news outlets are down um, but it also is not as exhausting <laughs> that, <laughs> that's for sure um, you know that 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 pace that pace is exhausting. And you know, it's interesting. For four, I, um, for five years, really, if you consider it a good year. Yeah, you know? I, I got to know Ben Carson very, very well, and I'm going to keep that relationship going. He's going to work, be working on the homeless, I think. And but I also got to know Secretary Azar, and he was he was talking about that. He goes, "Yeah, he goes. We are encouraged as secretaries to be making decisions 24 seven, and if we have any any we need a we need some sort of 
uh, answer from the president, we are supposed to call no matter what time of the day or night it is, and that he will give you a decision that with that phone call at three in the morning. It's like, wow, it's crazy. Pretty yeah. crazy. Yeah. I mean, the guy like never, he like never slept. Right. I mean, it, it, he is, he is a medical miracle. If you think about it, at he his never age. sleeps. Yeah. He doesn't exercise. <laughs> He, 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 he doesn't work out. He doesn't eat. He doesn't eat well. And yet, and yet he like survives everything. He, you know, it's really incredible uh, from a medical perspective. Uh, even COVID, you know, he conquered that. Yeah. Let me, let me, um, I want to take a call from somebody who specifically has a question about our program or about somebody we interviewed in our program. Go ahead there, Matthew. Oh, hi. Hey. Uh, so excited. This is the first time I've ever done this. Oh, um, excellent. I love uh, I love watching you guys' show. I re really appreciate that you're willing to have uh, some people from Riverside County talk. With, um, uh, and unfortunately, the rest of the nation can't realize that LA is the not encompass all of Southern California. But um, <laughs> you the, know, hey, by the way, I, from my perspective, some of the most interesting stories from the pandemic came out of Riverside. Uh, really interesting stuff came out with your oh, sheriff yeah. and during the riots. There was all kinds of interesting things that going on out there. Alex, you agree? Oh yeah. I I always say that the in the Inland Empire, uh, every story is heightened and usually more interesting. So <laughs> That's San Bernardino, though. That's not Riverside. Empire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's both. But yeah, yeah go I know. Ahead. I know. Go oh, ahead, well, Matthew. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, uh, I had watched your uh, February third show. And you were interviewing the uh, the negotiating director for the uh, right. for the LA Teachers Union, and yeah. what caught me was her first statement was that it, she sounded that the it made get, well, at least gave me the impression that the LA uh, Teachers Union wanted just complete shutdown. Everybody just stays home, picks up a welfare check until something was done, and which to me logistically is like. <laughs> your your wa it, that's wacky, and because um, number one, uh, if you don't have kids, you're only going to get a fraction of your actual income from working, and so you're going to end up in the poorhouse. And then, uh, well, let's and, let's let's talk about that but interview because I think hang on, Matthew. I think both of us remember that interview. So, Alex, you go ahead first. Yeah. Okay. So the interview for people that didn't watch it was with a woman named Arlette. Inoue, who is the uh, negotiating secretary for the United Teachers Los Angeles, which is the largest teachers union in Los Angeles. Uh, they are the make up tens of thousands of members of the Los Angeles Unified School District, which is the second largest school district in the country. And right. her position is that um, teachers, all of the teachers, for, for, to go back to school, they want all teachers to be vaccinated. All of the uh, custodians and school staff to be vaccinated, and uh, they also want um, a lot of PPE and other yeah. safety measures to, yeah. to go into school, yeah. and they want kids as many as possible to be vaccinated as well. What he's, what Matthew right. is referring to, is one thing that that union and other teachers unions have said is that they're frustrated that you know a lot of other aspects of society were allowed to reopen. You know, whereas like you can take a kid to Walmart, but you can't take a kid to the classroom. And their point is, in their mind, that um, we would have been better off locking everything down, nipping this thing in the bud and being able to move on as a society. But because there were so many businesses that were eager to keep going, 
people continued to transmit the disease and it slowed the process of reopening. Now, I think there's, you know, we can have a debate about the science behind that, but that's their, that's their position. And, and the other thing that was interesting that, that, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, you finish Alex, finish that. Then I'll give my, my thoughts. Yeah. And the other thing, the other thing that what she was, she was saying, um, when we pressed her on the question about reopening is because we have seen, and once, you know, we, we interviewed the night before her, we interviewed a superintendent from the El Segundo Unified School District, where they have reopened for in-person learning for kids K through second. And mm-hmm. so I said, why can they do it? And LAUSD couldn't. And, and our last point, which, which is an interesting point, is like, look, LAUSD has, the LA is, is the coronavirus capital of the country. Um, and the, 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 the population that the LAUSD serves, which is 96% minority, um, from some of the poorest areas in LA County, which have some of the highest rates of COVID-19 of anywhere in LA County, is so extreme in terms of the COVID risk that it's great essentially for wealthier white kids from El Segundo to go back that don't have as high of uh, uh, transmission cha- chances, but that it is so so extreme in LAUSD that we want our teachers and staff and everybody else to get vaccinated because the situation in the LAUSD is not is a worse situation than it is in other places. Mm. You want to respond to that, Matthew? And then well, I've like, got some uh, thoughts. Oh, no, I actually, I was just one, actually my curiosity was since I was, cause I, I congrats, I uh, applaud you that you got her focused on that because um, I just felt like you guys had a reaction. Like when she first started, and then you asked her, what is it that she wants? Or yeah. what is it that the, right. and got to what? They want right as of right now. Instead well, of trying, I, and I, I took a, about, and Matthew, I took a slightly different tact. I said, let's assume what you want is what we're going to give you. Why aren't we doing that? Let's go now. Let's do that. What's, what's the holdup? Who are you trying to talk to? Who are you trying to convince to do this thing right. you say you want? If we want to open schools, let's do it. Let's do what we need to do to make you feel safe. And she had no answer to that, which I found kind of interesting. Well, but, 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 but I mean, I think, well, I mean, part of what, what the challenge is, if you, if you listen to what she says is, um, we don't have enough vaccine to do what she says. Well, now. given, given um, our, g- given the priorities as set by the state on this day. So what she should have said was I need Governor right. Newsom to prioritize educators. She could have said that. But she'd had no answer, right? right. And so it was like, mm, okay, yeah. you know, how much do you really want to do this? But, that was sort of that, my question. So, right? I mean, that's the, but that is that's the that's the challenge, and, and and that's sort of the point that the governor made yesterday when he was talking about schools, and and you know that maybe you know I mean there are some that say everybody's got to get vaccinated, some that say. Even all the kids have to be vaccinated. Uh, that's crazy. Some of the older yeah, I know. Grades, that's you know, great. High I was, I, I was and, waiting and for her point, to say the point, that. By the, point the way, the gov- yeah. yeah. But thankfully, she's not. The governor <laughs> made yesterday. The, the point that Governor Newsom made yesterday is: if we do that, we're just not going to get in, have kids back in school this year. Right. And that's you know, right. so as a society, you know, everything's got to be risk reward. So mm-hmm. you know, uh, there are some that feel okay. You know. Police officers have continued to work. Firefighters have continued to work. There are other people that are deemed as like essential, important mm-hmm. parts of our society mm-hmm. that, you know, we need to function as a society. And they have been brave and they have gone and done the work, as well as, of course, healthcare workers, as well as, of course, you know, grocery store workers and other people, 
you know, is it time for teachers to do that? And if there is a, if we do indeed prioritize teachers in terms of vaccination, you know, is when is the expectation then for them to um, to actually go back into the classroom? And and how does you know? And and that has not been made clear. And I think what you've seen from an objective perspective, if you're just talking about this, is areas where teachers unions are especially strong. Um, states and communities where teachers union around the country are especially strong. Um, most of the kids are not in class, right. in person learning, and areas where teachers unions are especially weak or non-existent. Some of the private schools, in most of those cases, you are seeing kids back in the classroom, um, and so that is, I think, the biggest story in this state in terms of politics right now. In addition to you know the recall of Governor Newsom, and I think those two things frankly go hand in hand. Um, is this is this fight between the teachers union and a lot of the democratic politicians that they all support it. I mean, the teachers union is the biggest, most powerful political force in California politics. Mm. Um, and now you're in a situation where governor Newsom's survival potentially could be tied into what happens with schools. So he wants to get schools back open and yet his biggest backer is, you know, pushing the brakes on that. Mm. And it, there is a real conflict happening now. Um, you know, New York, they uh, have prioritized educators. They're they're vaccinating educators of all types, and their schools are open. It, it's not, you know, it's not, and, yeah. and there's no excess spread. And by the way, in terms of their idea that we should have done things differently, the science I'm reading suggests that once you have a 1% incidence of, of COVID or of this particular illness, there's zero effect of locking down other than slowing things. You cannot contain it. The reason New Zealand could do it is they never got to 1%. But once you get to 1%, that's it. Now you have to do mitigation efforts. So in any event. Yeah, and it's uh, obviously easier to do it on a little uh, literal island. Right, it's easier right, to control that's it. right. So do we know what's coming up tonight on the program? Yeah. I haven't heard yet. Yes. Uh, so tonight, uh, first of all, we're going to be talking about impeachment. Um, so we have, uh, I don't know if you got to see the video today that was um, uh, put out. It was really dramatic. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of never before seen video from the surveillance cameras inside the Capitol uh, on January 6th. Um, one of the moments, which was really dramatic, uh, was uh, Mitt Romney um, was trying to flee the Capitol and he's heading in one direction. And that cop that's been like the hero cop, he runs up to him and tells him to turn the other direction. And you see Romney run away and like literally right behind him was the mob. Mm. And so Romney, if that cop hadn't gone there, there would have been a, a, you know, confrontation between some of these people that were, you know, bound to kill him. Mm. Um, you see Mike Pence, you know, being ushered out, you see how close the people get in. I mean, it was really dramatic stuff. So we're talking about that. Harvey Levin's going to join us to talk about that. Also, Jason Harrow, that constitutional law oh, um, guy great. who argued before the Supreme Court. Yes, we really like him. Um, he's going to be with us. And then in our second block, we're going to be talking um, with uh, a, a guy who's been putting together some work for, for PBS, looking at how vaccines are made and actually has gone in um, and film the process of how they're doing it mm -hmm. um, with some amazing video of that. And also um, some science behind, you know, masking and how to wear, you know, the, the double mask controversy and all of that. Um, so some, a, a lot of interesting video and interesting people tonight at seven o'clock. 
fantastic. Oh, Susan's interested. Susan, you think it's gonna be a good show? <laughs> Susan's like, wow, I want to see that. To me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, listen. I appreciate. Well, go ahead. There's one thing you didn't talk about. Oh, your censorship on YouTube. Oh, so I don't know quite know how to to um, segue into that, but I got put in the doghouse on YouTube for discussing with my peers, with other physicians, uh, novel therapeutic uh, breakthroughs for COVID. I, I, I talked to intensivists and an anesthesiologist. I talked to people who are, you know, trying things on the front lines and doing things. And it's all working with long haulers and, and working with long haulers. It's all coming out in the medical literature. It's not, none of it is in any way, um, you know, uh, fun, funny. It's all very, you know, specific science and observations and stuff that's being published. Just, it just hasn't been peer reviewed published yet when we're talking about it. It becomes so within days of our discussions. And, um, yeah, I got put in the YouTube said I violated their <laughs> policies. They sent me a giant document Medical of misinformation. Yeah. And not not nothing even close to what I was talking about is in their policies. I, I guess, Susie, you want to ask how we avoid it in, you know, sort of traditional right, you media? You talk about it on Fox 11 every night for a year. And, you know, it's medical misinformation if you're on YouTube. Like, I understand it's different in the rest of the world, but it's, it, it just blows my mind that we've been targeted as this, you know, malpractice type doctor, you know, and he's, you know, we're, Drew's very, very careful. And he's learned a lot from you, Alex. He's, he's very, <laughs> uh, I mean, although he is sort of the hot headed one on the show, but, um, How dare you know, you? I mean, you guys, <laughs> you guys inform a lot of people on what the next move in there. We're not always correct. You know, it changes because medicine changes every day when it comes to COVID. But I don't know. I just thought I wanted to hear your right. take on it. I just wondered what you. So, so I guess the question would be, do you have any thoughts about the big tech and they're censoring, you know, a president, they're censoring me, they're censoring physicians. And it seems sort of, um, we're probably going to get canceled today after this show if we're talking about it. And anybody who's on YouTube, head on over to Twitch or Facebook. We're moving you guys out. Okay. <laughs> Just so you know. But it seems capricious. It seems capricious. Do we have a problem there with the ability to protect our free speech privilege? I guess I, I always say, look, it's a, it's a private enterprise. They can do as they please. However, it's a public square, and if I get into the public square and I get up on a soapbox to express myself, and every time I do so, somebody throws knives at me or tackles me, other than the violence, does the government have some responsibility to protect my privilege that I'd like to express? I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I mean, it's a thorny issue because, as you mentioned, it's a, they're 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 a private company, and that may, you know the the argument on one side would be, well, if you're you know you're freedom of speech is not free of consequences. And if you scream out fire in a, you know, a crowded movie theater, that's not freedom of speech that you could be arrested for that and all the rest of that. I mean, I, I do think that though, um, we need to have a bigger conversation as a society about, about censorship and about cancel culture mm -hmm. and about, um, where are the limits on that? Because, uh, frankly, I think there's a lot of liberals that, um, sort of central to being a liberal is being a big believer in the first amendment. Um, you know, the ACLU itself seemed to be used to be up used to, to be to, 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 or, you know, but the, the, the founding principle of the ACLU was to defend unpopular speech. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and the, the thought being that, um, the best antidote to, you know, people that are wrong is, is having people that are right, you know, and, and, you know, 
uh, and have the dialogue. I think it's it's very challenging for a site like YouTube or Twitter or Facebook to sort of pick and choose because there's just so much content that's put right. up there. You know, yep. it's easier for like the FCC to regulate TV channels back in the day when there's three ch- three TV channels. Sure. And even now, you know, there's even if there's a couple hundred channels between all the cable satellite and everything else, you know, you you can monitor that in a in a in a in a you know a real way um, that that where there's real consequences if you say certain things. And like if we say certain things on Fox 11, which is regulated by the FCC, there are real consequences mm-hmm. to that. Um, the problem on, you know, Facebook and the whole internet itself, I think was set up as a sort of a wild, wild West. And mm-hmm. there's just so much content that's constantly being hosted. So clearly, you know, they're focused on you because you're a, a big name that, that drop gets a lot of attention, but there are other people that are, posting crazy shit left and yes, right. Yes, there are. Yes, right. there are. Um, yeah. I'd like to address that, that please. Yes. That I would get in trouble. Read yeah. a couple of the right? rules on that and, list. You know, that, 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 isn't, that, isn't, that isn't talked about. And so how do you how do you pick and choose? Like, is it, do you only target people that have big audiences? You know, do you, do, what's the penalty? How do you get out of it? Um, because as much as people complain about, uh, certain things or they might cheer the concept that their political opponent is being canceled and that feels good, you know, mm-hmm. that could happen to you too, right? I well, mean, that, that's the way history tells like, us, right? It, the guillotines it, go up pretty much. Right? The, everybody goes on the guillotine, right? It just takes time. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that's like, you know, to, to compare it to, you know, politics in the Senate, you know, where they have the filibuster rule, which is right. you, you need 60 votes in order to pass anything major legislatively. And now there's a debate about whether Democrats should get rid of that or not. And the people that are the most against getting rid of it mm-hmm. are the people that have been in the Senate the longest mm. because they've been in the majority and the minority and they know what it's like that, 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 you know, yep. seesaws. Yep. And so they know what it's like to be in the majority and be frustrated, but they also know what it's like to be in the minority and know how things will be ramrodded through. And they like having those protections. So sometimes when you've been around a minute, yeah. <laughs> you start to see things. Yeah from multiple perspectives. And I think people are so quick now that maybe haven't been around a minute to jump to conclusions in the sort of, um, that our society, which rewards instant gratification and isn't thinking, isn't rewarding nuance and context. And everybody can cheer that in one tweet, you know, the cancel culture thing. But I think we need to think deeply and hard, um, as a society about the long-term effects of that and, and how they, a better conversation than well, the one that we're currently your, having. Your mouth, Alex's mouth to God's ears. So with that, let's, uh, <laughs> Kathy Kang is text is, uh, uh, calling me right now. So she wants to go over the show evidently. Uh, so I will call yeah. her yeah, and, uh, we will wrap this up. I really appreciate you spending a little time with us and hopefully some of this, uh, viewers of this thread will come on over and uh, watch the show and tonight we'll at seven o'clock when you can get your video up. You're yeah. so adorable. And we just have to look <laughs> yeah. at your picture all the uh, time. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll do it. Maybe I'll have to do it at, at home. I maybe think you have a firewall up at the station. Yeah, and if people want to, oh, the station, and, of course. Yeah, people, uh, yeah that's yeah, definitely why. If people and that. if people want to, if people want to connect um, with me, you know, uh, you follow me on social media at Alex Michelson. It's E L E X M I C H A E L S O N, and would love uh, to be able to interact with you there. 
It's e e Alex, not Alex. Oh, there's a, no underscore in your name, right? Yes. Okay, somebody. I accidentally. Well, there's tweeted. an underscore on my. There's an under. There's an underscore on my Twitter. Okay. But everything else. Um, okay, I no underscore. That. So on Instagram and Facebook and all the rest of it. So Alex yeah. is very active over on Instagram, so you can find him He's there. He's a great for sure. promoter. I'm, yeah. I've I've yeah. enjoyed your hard work in yeah. it. In the uh, social media. Now, I have a question. Thank Do you, you think that Trump should have been banned from Twitter? Yes or no? Um, He's I not going to give you yes or no. <laughs> I don't, that's not, that's not, that's I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I think it's. Yeah. I think that one's complicated, yeah. and it's more complicated than a yes or no. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> you know, um, I agree with you. That goes to that goes to the the freedom of speech with consequences. Right, and if you I watch agree. Some of I what agree. is being put on this week. There's there's some evidence of what some of those consequences. It's can true. Be. And, so, and let me just yeah. say before before I let you go, yeah. I'm looking at all the you data on California and locally here in Los Angeles. Los Angeles still got a little ways to go to get our cases down to where we were, you know, before the surge. But Orange County is way down. California is way down. Um, so we're down at around. Let's see. Today we are at eight thousand eighty three hundred cases. Death rates dropping. Hospitalizations are way down. So we're making steady progress. And why? We don't really know. The virus just doing its thing. Maybe it's the vaccine. Maybe it's herd. Maybe who knows? Maybe it's just the ecology of the virus. Maybe it's our altered behavior or all of the above. Probably more more to the point. But uh, Alex, thank you so much. Yeah. And uh, I will see you in about thank uh, you. an hour and a half, right? God bless you. Two Thanks hours. for coming Two in. Hours. Yeah, we'll see, on, we'll, see, we'll see you on TV. And we'll be on TV on, at 5 o'clock if you're in Los Angeles. Yeah, check them out. Yes, Fox Alex LA. will be on shortly with, uh, with Christine Devine. slash live. Yes, 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 yes. Thank uh, you very much. All right, buddy. Go back to work now. Thank you, and thank you for everything. Uh, and one last thing I want to talk about. Uh, somebody is uh, waiting in the queue for the phone line uh, about Attitude Score. Um, I talked to them yesterday, and they are going to have Attitic Score available through medical practitioners. I will get you a list of who the people are that will have access to the Attitic Score. And then somewhere in the next month or two, they're, they're saying they have to ramp up their productivity, their production to be able to do this. So I'm hoping they'll do it in a month or so. Uh, then you'll have direct access as a private citizen and, you know, get this thing uh Get your score so you can see your immune response. You can see whether or not you should be vaccinated. You should see what how your vaccine is doing. I mean, this is a tremendous, uh, it's a really excellent profile if you're worried about, you know, the status of your immunity. Additicscore.com is we can learn more there. Uh, anything else, Susan, as we wrap this thing up? Thank you, Caleb. Thank you to Susan Pinsky. Thank you to everyone who produces this show. Um, thank you to Alex. Thank you to Ma Michaela Peterson for spending a little time with us. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. Also, story. we have a benefit coming up on the 27th of Fe mm -hmm. February. Go to hillsides.org and uh, check it out. We want to see you there. And are we in here tomorrow, Susan? I, I, I'm going to need a little... No. No, we're not no, in here tomorrow. We're doing a YPO thing tomorrow. Right. And then we're, you know, and figure it out from there. Friday, we don't know because I'm coming down to Orange County, right? We don't, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe. I maybe don't know. Caleb might be able to do it from here, too, if you want. <laughs> I guess, all right, he said he's to. happy to. All right. Yeah. All right. We'll see. Or Friday. We can sometime. Teach Jordan, how to do it tonight. Maybe he'll help you out. Sometime in the next couple of days following tomorrow. Tomorrow we have to give a we have to give a lecture tomorrow afternoon, and and that's sort of taking the place of this. So uh, we will see you sometime next couple of days. Um, do we have anything else to promote coming up? Anybody? Any special guests that you want to talk about, Susan? I don't think so. No, no not right now. We're yeah. It's. I'm glad we got to talk to Alex today, though. Yeah. Okay. We'll see you. We'll see you in a couple of days. Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. This is just a reminder that the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care or medical evaluation. This is purely for educational and entertainment purposes. 
I'm a licensed physician with over 35 years of experience, but this is not a replacement for your personal physician, nor is it medical care. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255 anytime, 24-7, for free support and guidance. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help.